Hi everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Topical Brainstorm. I am Garrett Fox here with Christian. Hey. I find it funny that you say yet another episode, like it's some miracle we're still... <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. We're still here. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Today we're going over the last chapter. I guess it's like the epilogue of Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, what'd you think of this chapter? I liked it, as I have liked all of the chapters in this book, I think. It's been a good book. This chapter is kind of Malcolm Gladwell telling his own story of success and giving credit where credit is due to his ancestors. Yeah. Which I liked. I also liked it. Specifically, I liked how he talked about his mom's story. It was a pretty compelling story. She is from Jamaica, and she he talks a lot about the class system and the socioeconomic system that Jamaica developed as a slave colony of Britain. It's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know much of that talks about how white slave owners would come and live in Jamaica and unlike in the United States where it was very unacceptable to publicly have a relationship with a slave in Jamaica it was pretty standard for white men to take a slave woman buy her but then like marry her and have children with her and treat those children like your own children Right, which didn't happen in the United States as much. So, because of that, there there was this real hierarchy, and they called them mulattoes, of, of people who were half white or a quarter white or an eighth white or whatever. But there was a real hierarchy based on the lightness of skin color. So even families who would have two daughters and one was lighter than the other one, just because of um, Planet Squares and all that. Yeah. <laughs> They would be much more favored than the darker sibling, which is sad, but that was just the way their society was. And that led to a lot of things, but that was also part of the story of Malcolm Gladwell's grandmother and mother. Yes. So, the Malcolm's grandmother and grandfather were teachers... And they both really loved education. They both realized that education was was necessary to move up in, in the world and in life. And a lot of people didn't think like that back then in Jamaica specifically. The only schools that were available really were private schools, especially once you got past 14 years old or 12 or whatever, like middle school age. You had to go to a private school to be educated, and those were mostly reserved for those that could afford it, which would be, you know, lighter-skinned white people or um, really high-up, darker people, which I found was really interesting. His his mother only went to school because um, his... So his mother was a twin, and the twin was very studious, and she earned a scholarship to 
one of these private schools, I believe. And her parents paid for her to go to one semester, even though she didn't receive a scholarship. And they just decided that they'd figure out how it would work out later. And they spent pretty much their whole life savings just for this one semester of school. Uh, it turned out that someone at that school had received two scholarships. So she gave his mother, I believe her name is Joyce. Is it Joyce? Don't remember. Uh, she gave his mother one of her two scholarships. So she was able to proceed with school even after that first semester. Yes, it was Joyce. Joyce. Yeah, so that was in kind of the lens of this book was just a very kind of random lucky opportunity in combination with lucky that um, Joyce's parents had enough money to send and to pay for one of their daughters. Well, you know, his aunt, the twin, got a scholarship and the parents blindly and faithfully decided to send their other daughter as well and spend all that money on one semester. So that was another kind of just little thing that happened that Malcolm Gladwell had to give. Um, what's the word? I'm drawing a blank. Give just attention? Like patron or whatever, too. Like, he, he gave that credit for some of his success, essentially. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and then once they both graduated from that private high school... Again, the twin, his aunt, got, you know, a scholarship to a university it in was London, like, right? Like the legacy or the heritage scholarship or something. It was yeah, like the like they only got one for the whole country or whole school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they picked one boy and one girl, right? So So it it alternated. It was one, That's right. one a girl one year and a boy the next year. Yes. And it alternated every year, but this scholarship covered everything to go to to go to university in London. So again, Malcolm Gladwell's aunt got that scholarship, the the smart twin apparently. Yeah. And and she was able to go to London, but his mother um was out of luck, but then the grandma, Daisy, went to and neighbor who was Asian who had a store and just asked for a huge sum of money to get their other daughter to London as well. And it seems unreasonable, but the store owner trusted Daisy, the grandma, and gave them that sum of money to be able to send Joyce as well to London. Yes. So again, Malcolm Gladwell had to give credit. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> give credit <laughs> to not only his grandmother and his mother, but also the one person who gave his mother that scholarship and that store owner who happened to have the money and was willing to loan it to get his mother to London to get a college education. Yeah. And one thing with that... No one really knows why that Chinese uh, man was willing to loan that rather large sum of money. Mr. Chance. Mr. Chance was the was the name of the Chinese guy. Uh, but it probably had something to do with Daisy's uh, reputation. She paid her bills on time. She was a good person. She was a teacher, and she taught a lot of the the Chinese community that lived in Jamaica, and she was nice to them. When, Which was, yeah. 
noteworthy because there was a lot of racism against Chinese people. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Daisy, good person. Mr. Chance lent money. Uh, that's another miracle. This scholarship only existed because of the civil unrest that existed in Jamaica a few years before um, Joyce and her twin were even eligible to go to college. Uh, and England decided that they would try to rectify some of the the injustices that were going on racially uh, by providing more opportunities for education. And one of those those opportunities was this gigantic gigantic scholarship. Um, so uh, Malcolm makes the case that her his mother. Joyce owes her education to the civil unrest that was going on, um, which is just a coincidence that created created an opportunity for the aunt, which in turn created an opportunity for his mother. Um, they his mother went to England, found his father. Uh, fell in love. They got married. Um, yeah. I can't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> I can take over. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the kind the point that I really liked about the story and that brought a lot of it together for the whole book, honestly, was she was in London and they finally found an apartment. Well, her husband did the white Englishman husband found an apartment when he showed up later with his wife, the landlord kicked them out because his mother was from Jamaica. And although she was partially white, um, and a few steps up in that hierarchy in Jamaica, she was still at the bottom of the hierarchy in London, right? Because of the way their culture was. And one thing she said that I really liked was, um, she was forced to acknowledge that anger for getting kicked out of this apartment they finally had found was not an option. Anger was not an option. And that as a colored Jamaican whose family had benefited for generations from the hierarchy of race, she could hardly reproach another for the impulse to divide people by the shade of their skin. Um, I really liked that. I feel like that's some real self-awareness and like mercy that she's showing forgiveness that she's showing to that landlord. Um, but it also ties in really well to kind of the point of this chapter for me was giving credit where it's due to the opportunities, whether they be random or worked for, but the opportunities taken advantage of that you really, um, we're just lucky to get right and she was she was able to be very aware of the many lucky breaks she had received in her life and didn't allow herself to get angry over the one time she was i mean probably not the one time but this big time where she was wronged right um which i just i really liked that perspective and that just like awareness and, and grace that she gave that lady yeah that landlord and you can count the opportunities that uh, that Joyce had, uh, an opportunity for her 
would have been that her grandmother was purchased, I don't like saying that, but it's true, purchased by by a white person a uh, few generations before her, and uh, her, because of that, her skin color got white, uh, lighter and lighter, which blessed her economically down the road. Um, that's one miracle, uh, not miracle, that's one opportunity. Another opportunity would be uh, that she was born to two parents that valued education back when people didn't value education in Jamaica at that time. Another opportunity would be her sister was really smart and earned a scholarship, which, you know, the parents weren't going to let one twin go and keep the other one. And an another opportunity was her mother herself was just really resilient and able to go ask someone for a loan when when it was needed, and Joyce didn't even know about that until um, till later. Another opportunity would have been the civil unrest that created that scholarship for her sister. Um, all of this leading to her meeting, all, all of this leading to Joyce meeting her husband and Malcolm even being born. Uh, it's just, uh, a lot of us are, it, it's kind of, it reminds me of the song that we sing in our church called Count Your Many Blessings. Um, you could say these opportunities are like blessings even though they don't always feel like it. And a blessing for someone may be a burden for someone else, you know, such as the ancestor being purchased. Like, that's not that's not a blessing for her, you know, but for yeah. her ancestors, it, it was. So giving credit where it's due is definitely the theme of this book, in my opinion. And a lot of us owe credit to the success we have or a lot of us owe credit for the su for the success that we've had in life and don't even realize it yeah we probably all do right and and surprisingly that it kind of turns into a lesson of like humility and pride right just being able to be humble enough to give that credit because although we probably all have personal achievements that we have worked for and worked hard for, those are intertwined completely with um, like our legacy, our history, our community. Uh, let me try to find the sentence that he... So he talks about how, and this is like the last page of the book, he comes back to Joe Flom, to Bill Gates, to Bill Joy, Robert Oppenheimer... He says, all those guys could sit on their lofty perch and say, I did this all by myself, but they can't and they don't. They are products of history and community, of opportunity and legacy. Their success is not exceptional or mysterious. It is grounded in a web of advantages and inheritances. Some deserved, some not, some earned, some just plain lucky, but all critical to making them who they are. The outlier in the end is not an outlier at all. Um... Pretty cool, like the way you put that, but um, essentially no one should and can really sit on their high horse and should be very, no one should be prideful about 
what their life looks like or what they've achieved. Um, because all of us, one way or the other, have a lot of credit to give to our ancestors or our community or just plain lucky opportunities we yeah. got. No, that's true. Uh, something that's really sticking with me from this book is that outliers are born often from circumstances that uh, are normal, but they become outliers because of these normal circumstances that um, somehow turn into an advantage. Like a normal circumstance for Malcolm and his... uh, his line of ancestors would be the, uh, no, shoot. The great-great-grandma? Well, yeah, like, just like the the socioeconomic system in Jamaica is normal. Um, But he was able to, not he himself, but he benefited from it farther down the line, you know. Um, same with with Bill Gates, he was blessed with opportunities that others didn't have. Although, in that area, there there were a lot of other kids that went to a school that had access to that computer. It was it was normal in that area. Uh, Joe Flom was a normal Jewish kid back in the city, you know, but um, he was made into an outlier because of his individual experiences. So it's like a mesh of individual experience um, and normalcy. Um, But you have to... like If if there's something that's keeping you down, I guess, you have to figure out what that is and you have to figure out how to get out from under it. and a lot of the outliers we see aren't really kept down. They just kind of stumble into huge success, which is interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, we're obviously talking about outliers on, like, a global scale in this book, right? He talks yeah. about Bill Gates, people who were, like, outliers even among other outliers. Um which is, I feel like, sometimes hard to look at and to really take a personal lesson from because, obviously, the other, you know, billions of us are just pretty normal people. But um, I think we all probably have opportunities or will have in the future still opportunities that we can take to differentiate ourselves, you know, if you're looking at, at work or... Um, in other aspects of our lives where you want to like become an outlier in a good way I feel like it's a good takeaway from this book is just make sure to look for those opportunities and be ready for those opportunities Um, and also give credit where it's due that too yeah (laughs) can't yeah that's I mean I feel like there are a lot of things you could take away from this book. Yeah. I feel like the main one that I'm going to remember is, is, uh, yeah, just there are so many people that I 
could never possibly track down and give credit to all of them for how my life is and how lucky I've been. And, you know, you, you said count your blessings, them. like how blessed I've been. A lot of them are probably dead. Most of them <laughs> probably dead, and many others, I'm sure, are alive. But, um, and on the flip side of that, one last thought I feel like on the book is you can also never really look at someone else and know which opportunities, you know, they had or didn't have in their lives. Um, it's really easy to judge people based on, you know, your, your, the experiences you have with them. Um, whether it's someone you go to church with or a coworker or just a random driver on the street who's rude, like you have no idea. If some people are given these really good hands in life, there are others who are given really crappy ones. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just no room to judge because you have no idea how they were raised or what their parents were like or what they've gone through. And I feel like that's another thing I want to keep in mind when it comes to just my interactions with everyone in the world, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's all I got. That's all you I got. Any too. other thoughts? No. That was a good book. Yeah. I'm glad we uh, we picked that one. Malcolm Gladwell. I've been impressed with the two books of his I've read. So. Uh, yeah, this is my first Malcolm Gladwell experience, but it was good. Uh, next book is going to be kind of a little bit of the antithesis of this book. Not really the antithesis, but it's going to focus more on the hard work that people put in um, to become successful, I guess you could say whether that success is monetary or, or something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to compare, though. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, signing off. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.